0: This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. On the 6th of May, King Charles will officially ascend to the British throne with a formal coronation. But he has already taken a decision that could become the hallmark of his reign. He has ordered a probe into the links that British royalty has had with the slave trade. You heard that right. Into whether British kings and queens profited from the slave trade. We can give you some idea about how the British kings and queens made money out of slavery in one way or another by looking at some facts. Now this is just a glimpse but enough to reveal what the establishment has kept well hidden. Have you heard of the South Sea Bubble? Well, these are the details. The South Sea Company was formed in 1711. What was its purpose? It aimed to consolidate the British government's debt. You see, back then, Britain was engaged in expensive wars. And the government debt was at over $11 million. So the country needed money, funds. The Bank of England was the sole lender to the government. The South Sea Company took on and paid off the debt. In return, it was granted a monopoly on trade between Britain and Spain in the South Seas. Particularly on the sale of slaves. But this idea had a major problem, Britain was at war with Spain, it was in no position to dictate the trade there, unless favourable terms were reached in peace talks, uh, which is exactly what happened. A series of treaties were signed between 1713 and 1715, they were called the Peace of Utrecht. And as a result, the South Sea Company scored a monopoly in slave trade. 4,800 slaves were transported to Latin America annually. By 1718, politicians, celebrities, nobles, including author Jonathan Swift and scientist Isaac Newton, had invested in the company. King George I, in fact, became the company's governor. He held a substantial shareholding. The company's share prices kept going up. But it did not last long and the market collapsed. The company's shares plummeted to $154 by the end of the year. The South Sea bubble had burst. Despite the collapse, there was a clear winner. It was the royal family. King George I and second made huge profits from investments in the company between 1714 and 1740. The South Sea Company took nearly 42,000 African captives on its ships. More than 7,000 people died on the voyages. Let's just look at a little more history here. You see, Britain was built on the backs and souls of slaves. The royal family reaped much of its wealth to investments in African slavery for over 270 years. Twelve British monarchs sponsored, supported and profited from slavery. It all began with Queen Elizabeth I. In 1564, she gave a large royal ship to a slave trader. In return, she demanded a share in the profits of the voyage. On that particular trip, several Africans were captured and at least 600 of them were seized from Portuguese ships. After Elizabeth I, King James I carried forward the dark legacy. In fact, he granted royal connected merchants a monopoly on trade with Africa. In 1618, the Guinea Company was formed. It captured slaves for English-owned tobacco plantations in Virginia. And the company continued to enjoy its monopoly under King Charles I's reign. So, you see, while the English colonized the world one country at a time, it was the slaves who helped drive these economies. In 1702, Queen Anne came to power and under her rule, the South Sea Company was formed. Slave trading expanded dramatically. And we have already told you the details. Between 1640 and 1807, around 3.1 million enslaved people were transported from Africa. According to official figures, some 2.7 million arrived. The rest died or route. Such were the atrocities of the royals. In 1833, 800,000 were working as slaves in Britain. Even after their liberation, they were forced to work 45 hours a week for their former masters. And of course, without any compensation. Now King Charles says he supports a probe into the royal family's troubling history. But we ask, what is even the point of this? Why is he offering research when he should be offering apologies? When he should be acknowledging the horrors inflicted by his predecessors, the cruelty, the manslaughter, millions suffered as a result of the whims of British monarchs. Are British royals finally going to accept responsibility? And if they do, will they give reparations out of their massive private wealth? Has King Charles, in his desire to match the spirit of liberalism, put his fist in a hornet's nest and released angry toxic bees which will sting not just him but his family and the lineage which has made him monarch? Will this contribute to the departure of countries like Australia from the crown's embrace? We don't know. But what we do know is that King Charles does not also fully fully know the size of the conflagration that will follow now that he has lit the fuse of an explosive powder keg.